Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. This is Liam O'Brien and here is my thought for the day. We live in a world where we measure everything around us and the constant measuring of outcomes around us and this is right from the, the devices we interact with daily such as our phone battery level, the fuel in our car, money in our bank account and how our budgeting and spending is going, our investment and portfolio performance and those of us in business of how our performance are going in business, our KPIs, our staff performance, staff reviews, obviously our P&L, revenue and the like. We also measure some of the intangibles around us, such as how well our kids might be doing with their walk with the Lord, they're in school. We also measure some of the things on health, which isn't quite as quantifiable, how our relationship is going with our spouse. So we live in a world where we're constantly measuring things, but even some of these are done very, very subconsciously or without conscious awareness these days. But in reality, when we measure things, most of the time we take that back to or we equate it back to cause and effect or input and output. And that can be very applicable, such as if you don't drive your car, there's no cause, so there should be no effect on your fuel level. And if you do do something, you know, if you do use your phone a lot, it's going to flatten the battery more. So... There is a constant flow of when we look at an effect or we look at an outcome of trying to connect that to a possible cause. And some of those causes we ignore or we can justify because we've just done a lot of driving in our car so our tank should be low or we haven't uh, been spending as much time with our spouse because you've been away or something so a relationship may not be as be where we want it to be or something like that. But When it comes to the kingdom, the same cause and effects don't necessarily correlate. And there are other areas of life that doesn't as well. So I wanted just to share with you a thought or an idea that sort of came aware or awakened to me some years back. And I've titled this podcast, Living Detracted from Outcomes. And just to preface, I'm not talking about apathy or sloppiness and, you know, if you went and spent more than you made and racked up debt and, you know, not been living detached from those outcomes. I'm talking about what I'd sort of say is prudent. We've done things prudently and the outcome hasn't come out. Particularly in this, in a kingdom environment, a Christian environment, and your walk with the Lord, where you may have done everything in a particular circumstance, or you, or you may have been obedient in something that you felt the Lord had asked you to do, and you'd had witnesses, and you'd gone through the processes, yet the outcome that either you had thought or the outcome was very different to what what one would have thought to have been. And I just wanted to, because this is a really real example of things that we face throughout our walk, and we have to be careful that this doesn't come in between our relationship with the Lord. And we have to be able to see through His goodness and His faithfulness and trust in the steadiness of who He is, not in the outcome of those events and those things happening around us. And as I said, I'm not talking about uh, sloppiness or apathy, but I'm particularly talking about 
where we've walked in obedience, we've done everything that we thought was right, yet the outcome was vastly different or disastrous in some cases. And in my own life, I've had to apply this principle of being detached from outcome numerous times. And I also see it through in another context throughout the Bible when you look at Joseph in the first years of his life who didn't necessarily have a lot of fruit, particularly in the broader. Moses had all those years in the wilderness from when he fled Egypt where there was little to no fruit in his life. And we look at Christ for the first 30 years of his life. We can't, the scriptures don't talk about him bearing fruit. And this is one of the traps we have to watch within our society is the fruit that's in and around our life to make sure that we're appropriately measuring that or monitoring that. And when we look at Scripture, the most famous one of these, I would say, where there's been a vastly different outcome to you know cause and effect, if we want to look at it from that, is Job. And we... And most of us have read Job and we can understand you can't measure what happened to him by his actions. And the, even that was the wrestle that was going inside himself. He's going, was this, you know, it says at the beginning where he was offering, he was making offerings on behalf of his children in case they sinned. So he was trying to live very cautiously. He was trying to do everything right, so to speak. But I don't, Nestor, I want to focus on Job. There's a few little nuances which you could go into Job around this, but I think there's a really clear example in Judges 19 and 20 and around the Benjamites, which really brings this home or we can really apply this in a real-life example to ourselves. And just to give you the story and walk you through the story of what happened with the Benjamites, and I'll bring out a couple of the points around the obedience of Israel in a moment. So we have the story where a Levite's gone to get his concubine. Then on the way back from getting his concubine, and I'm going to cut a fair bit of this out, and if you want to read it, Judges 19 and 20, and it's quite graphic in its description in the scriptures. So on his way back to his home, he stops in a town in Benjamin, and essentially... That night when he stays there, his concubine is raped and killed. So he, on the back of this, sends a message out to the rest of Israel across all the areas of Israel about essentially what had happened and what the Benjamites did and what they're sort of practicing within their their part of Israel or, and that. So the the whole of Israel gathers and the leaders of Israel ex- confront the Benjamites on their wickedness and really asked to kill those who were involved with this awful thing that had happened. But the Benjamites wouldn't listen. So all of Israel gathers together as a fighting force against the Benjamites. So let's just paint the picture that we've got 11 tribes against one tribe effectively. And the scripture says there's 400,000 men and Benjamites have 26,000 fighting men. So Israel seriously outnumbers the Benjamites and is basically going to annihilate them from the tribe. And they, they wrestled hard with this. This wasn't something they just lightly went and did. But, you know, they were essentially this wickedness that they'd seen. They didn't want, it wasn't something they felt was part of Israel and they were willing to wipe out one of their tribes to maintain what they felt was the right way to live. So let's paint day one. We've got them gathered here. And Israel, it says here in 
Judges 20.18. The Israelites went up to Bethel and inquired of God. And they said, Who of us should go up to fight against the Benjamites? And the Lord said, Judah shall go first. So the, the Benjamites have they've gathered together. They're doing a noble thing of saying, We don't want this wickedness in amongst our people, in amongst the Israelites of what these Benjamites are practicing. We're going to wipe the Benjamites out. They've gone forth and inquired of the Lord, who should fight first out of the 11 other tribes that gather. And the scripture says, the Lord replied, Judah shall go first. So they go into this battle. Day one, Israel loses 22,000 men. And this is a real reassessment. And it says they were grieving at this stage of you know, going in after the Benjamites, doing what would be noble, being obedient to what the Lord said Judah go forth, go first. And their outcome is day one, a loss of 22,000 men. So to f- jump forward to the second, uh, to, sorry, Judges 23, 2023, the Israelites went up and wept before the Lord until evening. So we can see the grief the so- and sorrowness in their hearts from what's just happened within 22,000 men. That's, that's people's families, that's husbands, that's children have just lost 22,000 of those. And they've been obedient to the Lord. And the scripture clearly says that the Lord replied, Judas shall go first. And they went up and wept before the Lord until evening. And they inquired of the Lord and they said, shall we go up against the Benjamites, our fellow Israelites? And the Lord answered, go up against them. So I'm not trying to go into some of the nuances here around the questions that may have been asked in the Lord, but I'm just going on what was clearly said here. The Lord said, answered, go up against them. So this is the end of day one. They've lost 22,000 men. That evening that they've inquired of the Lord, and the Lord says, go up against them. Day two, they walk out in the battle lines again, and they lose 18,000 men. So there's lost 40,000 men in two days by being obedient to the Lord twice in a row here. Then it says, at the end of the second day, then all Israel, the whole army, went up to Bethel, where they sat weeping before the Lord. They fasted that day until evening and presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord. And the Israelites inquired of the Lord, and they asked, shall we go up and fight against the Benjamites, our fellow Israelites, or not? So the same question the previous day. The Lord responded, go, for tomorrow I'll give them into your hands. And the third day, they went up there and effectively wiped out the entire Benjamites, except for a few that got away. And I really just want to stop and just dwell on this picture here, what's happened. Because this is where the realities in our own lives come come into play, is that the Israelites were doing something noble. They had sought the Lord. The Lord had clearly said to go up against the Israelites three times. And two out of the three times, they've had disastrous results. And I remember the first time I was reading this and I was going, Lord, I don't understand it. Here's some people that they're wanting to walk in your precepts and the things that entered their their 
nation or the Israelites, they're wanting to rid. They've sought you. They've gone up. They've been obedient and they've lost 22,000 men and 18,000. They've lost 40,000 men walking in obedience. And I, I remember reading this and just going, Lord, I don't understand. I really don't understand this. And I say this to everyone listening to encourage you is there are times in our walk that when we walk with the Lord where you've been obedient, where you've done things right, you've sought the Lord, you've had the counsel, and the outcome is vastly different to what would have been expected and to what yeah, what you may have expected or what may have been sort of a general expectation from that outcome. So the one thing I wanted to encourage you with is, or the lesson that I learned out of this, your obedience doesn't mean success or an unsuccessful outcome. I want to say it again. Your obedience to what he's asked you to do doesn't mean a successful or unsuccessful outcome. And I think that's where we have to learn to hold things loosely and we can't measure success, we can't measure outcomes like the world, and we can't necessarily go back to some of these are cause and effects. As we read in these scriptures here in Judges 20, we're not seeing that Israel in the first two days did anything wrong. It's, there could be more to that, but from what we're reading here in scriptures, we're not seeing that. And I just want to encourage everyone that there are seasons where you need to be living detached from the outcomes. And you what that what you need to be attached to, if you're living detached from the outcomes, is to learn to know who he is, who our father is, and have complete faithfulness in his goodness. And we don't necessarily understand the circumstances. We don't necessarily understand the bigger picture. But what we do need to know and have our faith absolutely rock solid on is who he is and regardless of the outcome and regardless of those times you've been 100% obedient and you've walked in those things and and those other times where you haven't is you have to just trust in his goodness and who he is and that's where we need to live by faith and I've in my own life in my own walk I've learnt to what I would say again the title of this podcast is to live detached from outcomes and as I said at the beginning this isn't a sloppiness thing there is a time to know when to detach from the outcome and there's a time to take responsibility and and that so you ha- there is discernment between those two but there are some things in this case and I think this example in Judges 20 gives us a good one where you can't measure the if you go on the measure of the outcome you can be drawing some wrong conclusions. So I want to encourage everyone, as I said before, your obedience doesn't necessarily mean a successful or an unsuccessful outcome. And we have to just trust in who he is and who his goodness is. Bless everyone. Shalom.